Forsake me, oh my darling, on this our wedding day. Do not forsake me, oh my darling. Wait, wait long. It's noon, the train has arrived, and we are about to turn this place upside down, boys. So, uh, you know, this is uh, your Patreon-exclusive episode of the Uncut Gems podcast for January 2023. And my name's Jakob. My name's Randy. And my name's Nick. Boy, do we have stuff to do today. Anyway, so, so thanks for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing to our Patreon. If you're listening to us via our Patreon, which is patreon.com. And if you're not, if you're listening through our uh, main feed, which is where the little teaser is, um, uh, you know, I can like, I want to say 15 minutes, this thing's going to come to a rapid close. So you'd have to go into our Patreon website, patreon.com slash uncutgemspod, and then support us with as little as three bucks a month, and you'll get access to this podcast in full and everything else we have in there, which is a full David Lynch retrospective, sorry, marathon. <laughs> a bunch of mini <laughs> I've corrupted you. <laughs> I know, I know. Is, you went a, the whole year. <laughs> it's a curse. It was the whole year. It was like the other way around. It's just like, it's a marathon. <laughs> <sighs> Jesus Christ. Because we had to distinguish between retrospectives and marathons. And now it doesn't make a difference because the retrospectives, a mini retrospectives are effectively on hold um, until further notice. Anyway, so. There's that mini retros and then bonus times for a lot of stuff that we've covered on the main show. So just in this month, we already have sex lies and videotape in there already. And then coming in a few weeks time, maybe next week, a few weeks time. I don't know. Can't, can't be sure. There's going to be a, our first episode of the John Cassavetes marathon, which is our new marathon for 2023. But we're not here to, uh, as the Australians say, according to Margot Robbie, we're not here to fuck spiders. <laughs> <laughs> we're here to... <laughs> we're here to talk. I'm pretty sure this is a real saying in Australia. Someone correct me. Anyway, um, <clears throat> we're here to talk about uh, Western in connection to our main episode. Where, well, okay, again, on the main show, we're going to be doing this month Space Westerns, 380 Space Westerns, one of which was going to be Outland. And then it just makes sense to connect it to a bonus time episode where we'll talk about the movie that the Outland is actually kind of sort of based on by kind of sort of, I mean, like explicitly based on, which is high noon. Please, Will, if you just tell me what this is all about. I sent a man up five years ago for murder. He was supposed to hang, but up north they commuted it to life. Now he's free. I don't know how. Anyway, it looks like he's coming back. I still don't understand. He's a, well, he was always wild, kind of crazy. He'll, he'll probably make trouble. That's no concern of yours, not anymore. I'm the one who sent him up. Well, that was part of your job. That's finished now. They've got a new marshal. Won't be here till tomorrow. Seems to me I've got to stay. Anyway, I'm the same man with or without this. Well, that isn't so. I expect he'll come looking for me. Three of his old bunch are waiting at the depot. That's exactly why we ought to go. They'll just come after us, four of them. We'd be all alone on the prairie. High Noon was directed by Fred Tinneman and written by Carl Foreman and stars Gary Cooper, 
Thomas Mitchell, Lloyd Bridges, Grace Kelly, Lon Chaney Jr., Lee Van Cleef, a bunch of other people, and it's a story about Sheriff Marshall. I think the word is Marshall. Marshall Will Kane, who's a sheriff marshal <laughs> in a frontier town somewhere in New Mexico, and he's about to turn his badge and gun in when he receives a message that a man he once put behind bars is on his way to the town to wreak havoc and take his revenge on him. So with a little over an hour before the fateful train arrives, Marshall Kane has to assemble a posse to face his impending doom. And uh, that's it. That's pretty much the uh, sort of synopsis. So Heinen was released in 1952 and only after a period of turmoil, might I add, because it was during the second Red Scare, the Korean War. And, um, and as part of the Red Scare, there was quite a lot of, I think it's called McCarthyism going on in, in America. And as a, as a part of this, Carl Foreman was um, investigated and then eventually blacklisted by the uh, House of Un-American Activities. I think that's committee. I think that's the name, HUAC <laughs> for short. Uh, so he was, um, I think Stanley Kramer, who was a producer on the film, that was during production, by the way, uh, distanced himself from 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 him, so from, from Foreman who wrote the film, and then, then he eventually got the credit for the film, but, uh, but he ceded all of it later on like all his financial proceeds i think he just got rid of it because he he got blacklisted and he had to move to britain uh but no worries he later i think wrote and produced guns of navarone and a bunch of other things so he wasn't like like he was uh, you know bridge on the river requires him too i think isn't it i think so yeah so yeah, he, yeah. it's not like he was you know uh, jobless but he bounced back he bounced back but like many many talented individuals in the 50s he had to leave hollywood because there was no work for him in there so apparently officially the film is based on a short article titled the tin star uh, but apparently the matters are a little bit more complex because foreman allegedly based it on his own little treatment that it was independently written uh, and so it's kind of difficult to tease it out because there's a documentary on the subject but the documentary kind of was shot after pretty much everyone on uh, everyone in the sort of the principal cast and crew of the film was dead so they couldn't really <laughs> go and corroborate any of this crap the best so, time to make a documentary exactly <laughs> so so there's that anyway and but then richard fleischer apparently helped foreman with the script a little bit and then um, so it, it, it it's a whole saga so if you if, like there are, there are probably like academic books on the subject so if you're really interested in, in in this you might as well just go and go into this rabbit hole which i spent exactly five and a half minutes in today <laughs> uh so john wayne was offered the role that went to gary cooper but he turned it down because he thought the story was anti-blacklisting and he being john wayne he supported mccarthy's and blacklisting because that's just the kind of guy he was uh weirdly enough he ended up receiving <laughs> cooper's oscar on his behalf <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, so there's that and oh so it was lee van cleef's debut i think anyway. yep. uh so the film ended up dividing critics because people kind of had certain western expectations where which i think the film subverted we're gonna get to it i think this is this is gonna be sort of like my one of one of the sort of opening things i wanted to, us to get to so let's just kind of keep it in our in our pants for for at least, at least a second uh anyway john wayne thought it was un, the most un-american movie he had ever seen and uh Weirdly enough, at the same time, the movie was criticized in the Soviet Union for being anti-collectivist. So, take your pick. <laughs> so, Howard Hawks hated it, and then he made Rio Bravo with John Wayne, specifically because, and I quote, didn't like High Noon, end quote. 
<laughs> so, 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 the, so I, like, it, this movie had a very difficult time when it was released, and it was just attracted quite a lot of ire. But equally, I, quite, I, I tried to attract quite a lot of acclaim because it was nominated for seven Academy Awards and a bunch of other like smaller awards, like Golden Globes and whatever. I think they were already being given out. But won three, lost Best Picture to, and I hold my hold hold me because I'm gonna punch someone to uh. the Greatest Show on Earth, which. If you have if you have seen the greatest show on earth, it's the exact opposite of the title <laughs> of what this title yeah. suggests. It's the shittiest show on earth. Okay, Fred Silverman, I mean, even though he's he's one of the few directors who actually won the best director twice, uh, so it would have been his third, maybe. I'm not sure. No, no, because he got from here to eternity later on. Anyway, I'm talking nonsense. Um, so he lost to John Ford, who won for The Quiet Man. And if you've seen The Quiet Man, <laughs> you know what he won for. And by the way, The Quiet Man starred John Wayne, and John Wayne wasn't even nominated for the best actor. <laughs> and rightfully so, so because because he he was an American going back to Ireland to find his roots or whatever. <laughs> and nor was he quiet in that. No, he was not <laughs> quiet one bit. <laughs> it's a cute film. It's a cute film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As far as John Wayne's concerned, yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so there's that. So Gary Cooper got his award uh, from it. And it was also editing. I think the song got the uh, and score and score. Sorry, yes. So the film, as a result, even though it was kind of sort of like uh, divided critics at the time, it's not now in the National Film Registry, and then it was included in various sort of BFI and AFI 100 movies, 100 years, whatever lists of best films of all time. So, what is your take on High Noon? Who wants to go first? I'll go first because it is. It's, uh, I'm 95 percent sure I'd watched High Noon in the past. Because I had this long stretch, we probably talked about this on an episode in the past, but I had this long stretch of time where I was just watching all the Westerns, just all of them. Whenever they were on TV, just just watching them. Uh, it was a great American, right? Experience. American Westerns. American Westerns, and even Spaghetti Westerns. Um, okay. But just Western in general, as a genre, in a more general way. Uh, it was a great bonding experience with my father as well, who loves Westerns. And so mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I watched High Noon because I remember like specific moments of it. But going back to it, like I, I didn't really care for it in the past. I was like, ah, Gary Cooper never really stood out to me as that great of an actor. I, I've seen, I think, like four of his movies now, and he still hasn't impressed me. So I was like, yeah, I know, probably overrated. I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it. And this was a great opportunity to actually sit down and rewatch it with my father, coincidentally. Uh, and it's a masterpiece. Just, oh. just straight up, it's just a masterpiece. It's, a, it's a borderline perfect film. It's incredible it's one of those movies again it sets out to do certain key things and it does them great in terms of setting up tension just structurally excellent the build-up is very tense very nail-biting you feel every minute of this story the way you understand character motivations their shared history together like through certain glances through some of the dialogue that doesn't necessarily doesn't focus excessively on exposition which was just the way you did things back then there are all those small details uh, even in the sets in in the use of the score as well like it creates this world in a very impressive way that i was not expecting especially considering this is from 1952 but it's also just a very great story for what it says 
for how it says it, it still feels relevant. Of course, it's applied primarily in the in terms of Hollywood's blacklist period. But you can also utilize it for so many other things, for so many other problems that have happened in the past, that have, are happening now, that can happen to someone on a more personal level, not necessarily in terms of, you know, a geopolitical uh, crisis or something like that. Uh, <coughs> it's it's great. It's great. It's, it keeps building up the tension and until it releases it through a surprisingly solid shootout for the time. It's a great little action set piece that's not particularly stilted when compared to some of like the John Ford productions from the time. I I, I loved every second of this. I it's it's an instant favorite. Like I've, as soon as it finished, I was like, this is going on my all-time favorites list. Uh, I'm disappointed in myself for not watching it any sooner, but I'm glad I had this opportunity to check it out again. Oh wow. Strong opening. <laughs> Big words. Ra- Randy, how do All you right, feel well, about High Noon? <laughs> let me follow up with some similarly uh, strong words. Uh, this is one of my favorite American Westerns, you know, and there's something about it. I think we're going to talk about it in a minute, but um, I, I like how this counters some of the expectations. I like that this is very much uh, a look inward type of western like the story is sort of looking into the town looking into oneself and the thematics are really strong here as opposed to you know american dream and pushing west and starting over as opposed to that that big vista type of western this isn't it and i think it's better for it um it's a nice little tight thriller and around the first time i saw this it would have been early mid 90s and one thing that was always on my radar because we were doing uh theater productions at that time and we were looking for uh, tightly written tension within the dialogue types of scripts for the theater productions we would look for. So uh, another element that we always liked that we were looking for is elements of real time. So Reservoir Dogs and Glengarry Glen Ross, like there's elements there where you can run good chunks of those shows and it's all in real time. And I love that about High Noon, like this this whole conceit of it, you know, starting at 1035 and ending at 1215 type of thing. I think it's really cool. I thought that, uh, you know, Jack Bauer in 24, when that came along, I thought that was cool. Um, you know, I've, I myself have cooled a bit on that because that's, it's been done a little bit to death, but I always love that gimmick and I have a soft spot for it. And I think it's done really here. It's used effectively as a tension creation and suspense creation thing. Um, I think the thematics here are quite interesting. Um, I sort of like that theme song, Don't Forsake Me, Oh My Darling. I think it's it's pretty cool. It's, it's well used. And from what I understand, using a gimmick and a theme song throughout, that was sort of innovative. Um, you're using it to create different moods at different times. So I think that was sort of uh, an interesting piece. So there's a lot of stuff I find that's caked into High Noon, which is really great, really interesting. The whole minimalism thing, I really, really enjoy. Um, I'm sort of with Nick, not a Gary Cooper fan. That does not change here. I don't really like his performance. Um, I think even reading a little bit up on Gary Cooper, I can't even think of the other Cooper films I would have seen. I don't really think of him a big fan of him. I think that he with John Wayne and a bunch of these other guys were in the old boys Hollywood club. But whatever, here he works well enough. And uh, yeah, High Noon is absolutely a great early 50s Western. 
I was just I was just looking at his Wikipedia page and I was just like, what 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 are those films with the Gary Cooper made? Because I can't name a single one as well. And I just see like the the title is The Virginian, but I wrote right. it as The Virgin Man. <laughs> I was just like, what the, wor- the, the Virgin Virginian? Man? The Virginian. <laughs> if you'd like to listen to this show in its entirety, head over to our Patreon over at patreon.com uncutgemspod where for three bucks a month you will get access to this podcast alongside many other bonus recordings of ours, such as tie-ins to our regular show like this one, themed retrospectives, and marathons. Help us out by subscribing and listen to our conversations over at patreon.com uncutgemspod. Mm-hmm.